This episode is brought to you by Great Waters Financial. There's a lot of different ways to go when it comes to actually getting your stuff out there. We explore the world of publishing with writing coach and acquisitions editor, Terry Whalen, on this episode. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Welcome to episode number six of the Bold Idea Podcast. I'm your co-host, Larry Gates. I'm with my friend... Armin Asadi. Armin, the dream Asadi. The dream, that's Yeah, right. you probably have to go back to all the episodes of Reinventure Me <laughs> <laughs> to get the reference to the Armin, the dream. So we'll leave it for our listeners to oh, go do that. <laughs> don't do that. It's, don't worry, just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, I will just tell you that there are some YouTube videos of Armin. Nope, there isn't. You should never look on youtube for anything of me it's a waste of your time okay we'll let it go we'll, we'll let it go this wasn't out there <laughs> welcome to the episode of the bold idea podcast to this episode of the bold idea podcast you know we want to help you in this show to put your faith to work to step outside your comfort zone and just to embrace the bold idea that god may have planted within you and we're so glad that you're a part of the show and we really want to hear back from you on how these episodes are hitting you. We've had so many good responses, Armin, to the show so far. Some great reviews on iTunes. And when I read those, I just get inspired by it. Sure. And it's great. And on Stitcher as well. And so thank you for all of you who did that. We also have, Armin, a new way now for people to respond to us. That's right. Wait, which one are you talking well, about? It's the old conventional ringy-dingy thing. Oh, geez. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we're going back, people, going back. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing old tech. Actually, you can leave a phone call and leave a leave a voice message now for us. Yeah. We have we have a show line. You know, here's the thing. I'm a little embarrassed by this. With all the stuff that we had for our launch, Armin, that we were doing, we, we didn't have a phone we, line. No, we did. I just didn't. <laughs> Tell anyone. <laughs> didn't, didn't tell anybody. So it's been in the show notes, you know, and maybe some people have noticed it there, but I want to draw attention to it because, you know, we love to hear your voice. We love to get your comments on our show. But listen, here, if you want to reach us, you can do it at 612-568-IDEA. What? What? <laughs> That's so cool. I like that. I don't yeah, even well. know our number. <laughs> yeah, 612-568, or if you want to spell L-O-V idea <laughs> so if you that. love your idea man you just get in i know it's kind of corny but sometimes corny is a good way to remember it so listen we want to welcome you to this program and we want to just get right into a great show we have lined up for you well i mean i've been looking forward to speaking with our guest today for some time actually quite some time terry whalen is with us today and he is well, I tell you, he's out there all over the place advising authors on how to write their books. And I get his emails in my inbox every week. And every time I see him, I'm like, every time I get his emails, I'm like, I'm going to be interviewing him here shortly. So I'm like really looking forward to it. But what was funny was I connected with Terry a while ago because he had put out an offer to purchase one of his books about how to write a book proposal. Yeah. And I thought, you know, it's about time that I get that book. And I, I ordered it only to find out that I had already had it. Yeah, I got the other copy. <laughs> you got the other copy, right. Yeah, so you, so you know that story. And, right. and it's just like, it actually sent a note to Terry about that. And we ended up talking about the podcast. And it was like, hey, why don't you come on our show? Yeah. And we were going to actually, I mean, you and I were going to have him on the Reinventure Me podcast. But we thought, you know, when we were starting to talk about winding it down, we said, we're going to save Terry for the Bold Idea podcast. I'm glad we did. So that's right. 
Without any further ado, welcome Terry Whalen to our show. Hey, Larry and Armin, wonderful to be here with you. Yeah, we're, we're so glad that you're here. And, you know, there's so much to talk about in this world of publishing. So Armin is writing a book right now, and I am drafting my second. I never got my first one published, <laughs> but, but working on drafting my second. And I feel like I've been in the writing circle for far too long to not have written a book yet. But I know, and you quote this as well, but the, there's a common statistic out there that 80% of Americans say they've got a book in them. That's a lot of people. That is. There's lots of people that want to write a book, and they say that at any given time, there are over a million ideas that are out there on people's desks, coming into agents' mailboxes, physical manuscripts are being circulated. So yeah, there's there's a lot of unpublished stuff that's circulating around out there, that's for sure. Yeah, and you help authors do that, right? So talk a little bit about what you do. Yeah, I'm an acquisitions editor, and that means that some people call me, they say I'm a hunter and gatherer. So that's essentially what I do. I'm the first person that often reads the material that comes into the publishing house. I look at it, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, whether it's a children's book, whether it's Christian, whether it's general market, whatever it is, we do a whole variety of things. And I work for Morgan James Publishing. They're a New York based publishing house, even though I live here in Colorado. And we do around 150 books a year. Now, about 25 of those books are what we call faith books. They're they're Christian books. And Mm -hmm. those Christian books, I have to get them past my executive publisher of the faith imprint. His name is Wes Taylor. He's actually a Baptist minister back there in Virginia. And so he reads everything, makes sure it's doctrinally sound and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So we sell those books into the Christian bookstores as well as the general market store. So Terry, I got a question. We already said that 80% of Americans say they have a book in them, but I'm assuming the percentage of people who actually release the book is a fraction of that. So my question (laughs) is, what do you find keeps most people from turning their book idea into a book? Yeah, I think what... What really prevents people often is that they, they don't understand how how publishing works. They don't understand how their material gets gets to the right person at the right time, at the right place in order to do that. So they're kind of lost as far as what's their next step? Do they do they write a full book? Do they write a book proposal? What is it that they need to do? And for, for most nonfiction books, It involves writing a specialized instrument called a book proposal. And I've read thousands of these things over the years, uh, I mean, and often they lack something. And so out of (laughs) sheer frustration, as as an acquisitions editor many years ago, I was working at David C. Cook. I wrote this book called Book Proposals That Sell that you were talking about. It's been out about 12 years People have read my book. They've gotten a $50,000 advance. They've gotten a literary agent. The other day, I was at a conference, and I learned that one of the people that was also on the conference teaching used my book and got their book published by Wiley, which was great. But they also told me that their book eventually got on the New York Times list. That's great. And so I thought that was exciting that somebody used my stuff as sort of the germ to get into the whole publishing world. Yeah, you never know where it's going to go. But just to put that in perspective, Terry, what does it take to get on the New York Times list? 
you know, it's really hard. It's almost like I would compare it to like winning an Oscar in the in the book business, uh, because to get on the New York Times list these days, you have to sell around 11,000 copies of a book in a seven day period through that secret list of brick and mortar and online bookstores that yeah, report now, to the New York Times. So it's know, really hard to do. And to give some perspective on that, how many copies does the average book sell? You know, the average self-published book usually sells around a couple of hundred copies. Yeah, total? The average traditional book, published book, is going to sell around a thousand copies during the lifetime of the book. Wow. So when you consider how many books are out there and to hit 11,000 in a week is pretty amazing. Terry, I want to back up though, because you said something and I didn't expect you to say what you said, which is that most people don't get the book that they think they have inside of them out because, well, what I heard was they're daunted by all of what it might take to get it done. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I think some of it's being daunted, but I think some of it too is they really don't understand how the book publishing industry works. So, for example, they think they need a literary agent. Well, sure, agents are great. I love working with literary agents. Don't get me wrong. I was a literary agent for a little while, and I've used agents to get my books published and that kind of thing. But often, it's often harder to get a, a literary agent than it is to get your manuscript in front of somebody that can publish it and get it in the bookstore. So, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways to go when it comes to actually getting your stuff out there. Well, what I expected you to say was that a lot of people don't put their books out there because, frankly, they don't have the talent. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because I was was thinking that, you know, a lot of people think, oh, yeah, I can write a book. But actually writing it is a lot harder than you might think it is to write a good book, right? Right. It is hard to write a good book. And I always encourage people to begin the writing process if they want to get something published to begin in the magazine world. And part of the reason for that is that it's a shorter thing, for one thing, to write a thousand word magazine article than to write a 50,000 word book. And so it's easier to get it published too, because with a magazine article, it's very easy to have that magazine article reach 100,000, 200,000 readers. And you, you learn something very valuable when you write for the for the magazine market because you you know you learn how to have a focus how to write for a target audience how to have a great title how to have a just basic beginning middle end you know those kinds of things yep it's easier to do that with a short little thousand word piece and get it published than it is to do a 50,000 word book Okay, so let me ask you this question. Maybe this would help kind of take that that question that Larry asked a little bit deeper. How would you know if someone is ready to pursue their idea of writing a book and trying to get it published? Is there something specific that you look for? You know, there's a number of different things I look for. I look for good writing, for one thing. And I know that's ambiguous. What What is good writing? <laughs> yeah. And a while back, I was interviewing another acquisitions editor myself. And this guy had been in the business a long time. And I asked him, I said, how do you know if you find a really good one? <laughs> you know, And he said, well, he said, Terry, I read the first sentence. And if it's a good sentence, I read the next sentence. And if it's a good paragraph, I read the next paragraph. And if it's a good page, I read the next page. And so what that tells me is that you don't want to bury your good stuff, you know, over on page 
10 because they may never get there, you know? So oh, wow. you want to start with a bang. You want to have really good storytelling content that pulls people into your book. And you probably don't want to start your book with once upon a time, right? <laughs> probably not, unless it's a little children's book or something. Maybe. <laughs> when you work with a lot of manuscripts, right? I mean, how many manuscripts do you review in a year? Well, I'm not sure that I have a number exactly, Larry, but we, at Morgan James, we receive over 5,000 submissions a year. Okay. So you've seen, there's several different acquisitions editors, not just me. Okay. So you see a lot of, you see a lot of book proposals, for instance, and and what would you say is the number one reason why a book proposal won't make it across the desk to be considered for publishing? I would say the number one reason is that they don't have a real focus on who their who their target audience is and who their target market is and who they're really trying to reach. A lot of people say, oh, my book's for everybody. Everybody's going to read my book. Well, everybody isn't going to read their book. I mean, you have to have a specific target market who your book is really going to reach. Maybe it's for pastors. Maybe it's for somebody that's in a particular field or occupation or they have a they have a disease or they have a health issue or there's all different kinds of targets but you have to paint a target of an audience that's going to actually read that material and profit from it so i mean this is this is a question i've had to wrestle with quite a bit in terms of writing my book and even processing it with my publisher and I still don't know if we've really narrowed it down enough, but how do you pick your target audience? How do you narrow it down enough to know that, okay, I have a targeted enough audience or demographic where an agent is going to look at it and say, these guys are ready or this guy or girl is ready? Well, you want to make sure that it's a relevant topic, that the audience is big enough for one thing. Are they going to actually reach into their wallet and pay for that topic? You also want to show how you're going to be able to reach that particular audience. One of the buzzwords in the in the publishing businesses is platform. And it's like, what reach does this author have really to be able to reach that audience? And I tell every author that I work with, it's going to be 80% up to you. Sure, we can publish your book. We can sell it into the brick and mortar and online bookstores. But all those books are 100% returnable that are in your brick-and-mortar bookstore. And if the author doesn't do anything to promote the book, then all those books are returned. And the publisher takes all the risk on that. That's a practice that's been going on since the Great Depression, so I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. So the author has an obligation to, to be out there talking to people, telling them about the book, all those kinds of things. So if you want to be a successful author, you're going to need to have a clear idea. You have to think like a marketer, right? You have to have a clear idea who your target audience is, what your message is to them, and how you're going to get the message to them. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, the book really is a business. I mean, there's art behind it. There's craft. There's creativity, all those kinds of things. That all goes into the package. But yes, at the end of the day, it's a business. And you've got to be able to sell that book and make money on it. 
You know, you mentioned platform, Terry, and I think in the past it used to be maybe the perception that if you wrote a book, the publisher is going to bring all their marketing muscle and they're going to take your work and get it out to the rest of the world. And now it seems like the publishing industry is so competitive and with perhaps with self-publishing also out there where anybody can write a book if they put enough money into it, that it almost seems like unless you are ready to build a platform and to do some marketing, and unless you maybe have a big platform, at least a major publisher is not going to consider you. Is that is that right? Well, it all depends on the book, I guess I'd say, Larry. I was at a Christian Writers Conference at Wheaton College last summer, and I met an editor from Tyndale House Publishers, for example, and this particular editor focused on uh, memoirs. Now, memoirs are more personal stories that it really is is more like a novel and, and a fiction where the story has to carry it. So it's not that that person that's written that memoir has such a huge, huge platform. It's the writing and how vivid and special that that particular book is. But yes, for most of us, we do. We have to be out there telling people about our book. And and more and more, the publisher is going to count on the author to be out there talking about their book and all that kind of thing. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. Hey, Armin, I'm super excited. Our friends at Great Waters Financial a wealth management firm based here in Minneapolis with over $300 million in assets under management. They are our sponsors for this episode. I'm so glad they are because there's two financial institutions in this world that I would ever put my name behind, and Great Waters Financial is definitely one of them. You know, I have had the opportunity, Armin, to talk to about a dozen of their clients one-on-one. And they are not just clients. They are raving fans of Great Waters Financial. And why? Because they are treated like family. They're treated like somebody that they can trust to get the job done. And Great Waters makes it very simple to understand all the retirement complexities and financial plans that you might need to make. And they do it with uh, all the latest tools but they do it with a lot of heart. That's right. These guys are setting a new standard of how this is done. So if you want to schedule a time with your future advisor, then go to www.greatwatersfinancial.com forward slash bold idea. So take that and, and rewind to the first question I asked you. 80% of people want to write a book and very few of them actually do. Could it be that they feel like they don't have the skills to right. build a platform and to do the marketing stuff and right. all the all the stuff that they think might be needed? And they're like, well, it's not worth it because I keep hearing the writers are poor anyway. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm hearing too is I, I've heard that multiple times soon. It's the exact opposite of inspirational to write a book when you hear build a platform and then you can be an author, you know, where most people don't know how to build a platform uh, and they don't have one that's existing to go out and say, hey, here, leverage my platform to sell my book. Yeah. The great equalizer that's out there, I guess, uh, Armin and Larry, is what I'd say is this little thing called the internet that we have for years. And so basically anybody can can build a social media presence, they can start blogging, they can build a presence in the in the marketplace if they just take the the time and energy to do that. 
and to draw those people to them. And then as they do that, the more visible and the bigger their platform is, the bigger their audience, the more attractive they'll be to to mainline traditional publishers. Yeah. So were you talking about a long proposition here, Terry? Because, you know, it, it feels like we're trying to help people, right? The, po- the point of this podcast, right, is to help people unleash their bold idea and trust God with it. And somebody's got an idea out there. They've got a book that they want to put out and they feel like that's the thing they're committed to writing. They figured out their market. They figured out their message. Say they write well, but they're just not known, you know, like Armin. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of the strategies? If you saw a proposal come across your desk from somebody who had a really clear market, very compelling book idea, but they're, they're just an unknown author. What goes through your mind as to whether that book is marketable or not from a business perspective? Yeah, from a business perspective, I'm looking to see what kind of numbers that they can, they can actually reach and how they're going to do that. You know, are they active in social media? Are they doing speeches? Are they holding events? Are they on the radio? And if not, could they could they start could they could they learn how to how to do those things and and yes it it does admittedly it takes time and energy for all of us to figure out how to how to do those things could they start a podcast like like you guys are doing i mean all those things are ways that you can attract a regular audience that gravitates to you and to to your message and those are people that you can tap and you can sell books to, whether they're in the bookstore through a traditional kind of place or whether they're self-published. The challenge with self-published books is that there's just so many of them out there and it's hard to break through all the noise in order to be able to get people to buy your book. Yeah, would you say that maybe the the breaking point here, or so let, me, let me say not the breaking point, but maybe the decision point. I'm trying to figure out if I'm an aspiring author and I'm trying to figure out whether I should self-publish, which kind of has a reliable path because you can throw money at any self-publishing house and get a product at the end of the day, you know, whatever quality that ends up being, or spend time trying to go through the traditional route where you're working with a traditional publisher, maybe through an agent, but you're trying to get your book proposal written and accepted and then maybe wait however long it takes for that publisher then to bring it to market which could be longer than self-publishing. I think it is usually, right? Yes. Yeah. So the, usually, usually is. So when you talk to people who are trying to figure out, should I go the self-publishing route, go faster, get in the market, maybe I'm not going to sell as many, but I'm also going to make more on what I sell than go through the amount of time that it might take to get to a traditional publisher, which might take longer, but I might get a little bit more market reach, but I'm also required to have a big platform too. So how do you, how do you help a person decide whether they should do self-publishing or if they should go through a traditional publisher? Yeah, I think whether they self-publish or whether they go through a traditional publisher, I'm of the view that they still need to write a book proposal. And that's part of the reason I did that book, book proposals that sell, because that proposal, no matter how you which way you go, the proposal really is your business plan. It's where you determine who's your target audience, how you're going to reach them, what's going to be in chapter one to 20, what is all those kinds of things. Yeah, it sharpens your thinking, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. It sharpens up your thinking. And 
you know, the self-publishing route, the, the problem with that is like you're lost out there, you know, doing that. Generally, sure, you can get something out with CreateSpace on Amazon, but you're only on Amazon. And what people outside of publishing don't understand is that they jump into a pond that where those guys are going to be doing 50,000 titles this year. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to a Westbow. People like to tout that Westbow is connected to Thomas Nelson. Well, really, the parent company of Westbow is actually a, a company called Author Solutions. And that's like 20 different brands. And they're only online. And Author Solutions is publishing close to 50,000 titles a year as well. Wow. And so you're just not tuned in to what's going on out there. And a lot of the production for those books like Westbow is being done in the Philippines. So you're working with somebody in the Philippines. You don't even know it. You know, you just know that you talk to a different editor or a different person every time you call the company. And there's a reason for that, you know, <laughs> that you're, you, that you have those kind of results where in contrast at Morgan James, where I work, we're doing 150 books a year which is still a lot. I mean, we're considered a medium-sized New York publishing house. Our model is very different than the traditional, and we're different than the self-publishing. We're kind of in the middle. It's more of like a hybrid kind of model. We allow the author to keep all their intellectual property. For example, they have their rights. We ask for the exclusive right to sell it in the bookstore. And we're selling our books into I'd say 98% of the bookstores in North America, including the brick and mortar stores. We had three books last year on the USA Today bestseller list, for example. That's great. Now, of 150 books that you have published through that house, how many are from first-time authors? You know, a lot of our books are from first-time authors. I work with a lot of them. Now, they don't have to have an agent to work with me. I'd say about 30% of our authors do have literary agents, so I do work with literary agents, but... 70% do not. So you don't need an agent to work with us, uh, Morgan James. And we, we make some really terrific books. It's, it's been a lot of fun. That's great. Terry, I got one last question, at least from me to you. I can guarantee you based on the relationships I have, there are people listening to this podcast right now that I know for a fact have the idea of a book on their heart and in their mind but I know that they're not going to do what it takes to actually do something about that book or bring that book to reality. And our podcast is to inspire them to take that bold step to bring that idea to life. So I'm going to put this on you, but how would you inspire someone that has that idea of a book on their heart or their mind to take that step and go boldly forth towards that call that might be placed on them by God to write that book? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a really great question. I guess what I would encourage them to do is to, first of all, start writing (laughs) and to learn as much as they can about how the publishing world works and get my book, Book Proposes That Sell. That's a simple thing. But also, I would encourage them to just basically begin writing on a regular basis. Schedule that into your life. You know, whether that's 20 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day or whatever your way of doing that. And, you know, write a page at lunchtime, you know, and do it on a regular basis. And so then you time after time, that'll end up being 
something substantial for you. That's great. Well, Terry, I'm afraid we're out of time, but you've given us a lot of information here and there's so much in the world of publishing. I know we can't possibly cover in such a short time, but I'm guessing that some of our listeners would want to know how they can get a hold of you. So what's the best way to do that? You know, there's several different ways. People say that I'm one of the most available people in publishing. I have my email, my my personal email, terry at terrywhalen.com, right in my Twitter profile. And I have you know, almost 190,000 people follow me on Twitter. Uh, so that's that's an easy way to reach me. They can also email me at my work email, terry at morganjamespublishing.com. Also, I've got a free ebook that they can get from me at straighttalkeditor.com. Go by there, and that's another way to get some information from me. Yeah, and that book is called Straight Talk from the Editor, 18 Keys to Rejection-Proof Submission. So if you're looking to produce a work of nonfiction, right, Terry? That's what this is. Primarily nonfiction, but I work with people that are doing novels or children's books or whatever it is they're doing. Yeah, great. So regardless of the kind of work that you're doing, though, this ebook is available for you to download at straighttalkeditor.com. Terry, thanks for being on the Bold Idea Podcast. It was great to talk to you today, and I look forward to many more of your emails that I receive in my inbox and also our future future conversations. Well, thank you, Larry. And if people want my book proposal book, they can just get it from the title as well. Bookproposalsatsell.com is a great place to get that book. Well, terrific. We'll put all those links in the show notes so they can go straight to the show notes and get them. Thanks again, Terry. Fantastic, Larry. Thank you so much. All right, pleasure meeting you, Terry. Thank you, Armin. Great to meet you. Well, Armin, that's Terry Whalen and so glad that he was able to make an appearance on our show. Like I said, we've been waiting a long time to get him on the program Yeah, and got a lot of stuff. I mean, this guy is packed with all kinds of knowledge is the kind of person you could sit around with a long time and just learn things about. Seriously. Yeah. Especially if you have anything to, that you need to know about books or publishing a book or proposal or any of that. Sounds like he's been around the block. He has been around the block. And I think, you know, some of our listeners might come away with the impression that they're even, (laughs) you know, a little more discouraged because there's so much that they don't know. Yeah. And all the more reason to have a guy like Terry on your side. And, you know, there's a lot of guys like him. But what I love about Terry is he's always been accessible. Every time I've reached out to him, I've gotten really good good response from him. But, you know, there's some takeaways, I think, that we should process here. Yeah. I mean, one of the takeaways that I think helped me, even as I'm writing my book, to know, am I going the right direction? It's daunting as I, re- as I replay this in my head, mm-hmm. but at least it gives me a simple way of knowing if I'm going the right direction. And he, he said it in an easy way where he said, well, I read the first sentence. Yeah. If I like the first sentence, I'll read the second sentence. Yeah. If I like the first paragraph, I'll read the second paragraph. <laughs> if I like the first page, I'll go to the second page where you, you can't, you can't just do a like speaking, <laughs> do you, you know you know where I'm going yeah, with this? Yeah, you right? get a you get a little chance to warm up your audience in a talk. But yeah, <laughs> well, you really you know if you're going to be a really good professional speaker, the same rules apply there too. You should capture them right away. However, I get your point because it's not like somebody can leave a room right as easily as they can stop reading and then close a book, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it is you're writing. So you're absolutely right. You know, one of the things I was struck by was his comment. And he said it very early on in the interview. He said, you know, somebody estimated there's a million ideas out there that are sitting in editors' inboxes. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that 
adds to that daunting feeling like, okay, so what's my idea among a million yeah. that might be sitting out there? And especially when, you know, it's kind of characterized of, okay, you got to have a platform, you got to have a book well written, you've got to be able to do this, you got to be able to do that. Right. And it just, it, I, I think it could leave someone feeling like, why do this? Yeah. You know? I think it's valid. It, it is a valid question. But, you know, he said something that just hit home for me. And he said, 80% of this is up to you. Hmm. And I I really think that that he had some lessons here that don't just apply to writing, but apply to any idea that you're going to pursue, right? Yeah. The first one is that, that 80% of it's up to you. In fact, probably more than that, but but those were his words, right? Right. And if you're not willing to own up to most of it being on you, (laughs) then it probably isn't a bold idea you should be considering. Hmm. I mean, just, you know, set it aside. And just say, if you're trying to do something and you're expecting everybody else to do all the work, it's kind of like that Onion video of the TED Talk. Hey, I've got this idea and I want you guys to go implement it. Remember that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so, you know, you really do need to take ownership. So that's how I see it is the number one thing I heard from him was take ownership, right? Yeah. And then I heard something else. He said, you know, if you really want to get good at writing because you want your writing to sell and back to your point, you know, first sentence, I'll get to the next sentence. And yeah. if that's good, I'll keep going. Well, he said to start small. Yeah. And uh, that's been a consistent theme. I think that we're hearing from people who are implementing bold ideas is hey, start small, write for magazines, whatever it is that your bold idea is about, find a smaller way to begin that may be the big idea. You know, somebody wants to write a big book. Maybe there's a smaller way to get some experience doing that. I love that. The other thing that stuck out to me, which was confirming what Carlton told me from Broad Street was he said the number one issue that he sees with people sending in their books is that they don't have a specific target market. Yes. And this is advice that Carlton gave me, but Terry reminded me of it. Carlton said, when you write this book, said, I want you to envision a single human being, whoever that is, guy or girl, age, race, culture, religious background, type of degree, what kind of income, what kind of job. I mean, you you describe that person, that one person in their life. And you write to them. And you write to that one person and no one else. Mm-hmm. He said, you'll get more people by writing to that one person than you would if you wrote to everybody. Yeah. You know, in that piece of advice about finding your segment, finding your audience is true in any endeavor. I work a lot, as you know, with businesses to help them find markets for their products. Right. And the number one thing that we start with is let's get the segment down as small as we can so we understand who it is precisely that we're trying to go after. Right. And it's the same thing in writing. Yeah. If you try to write for the masses, you end up watering down the power of what it is that you're trying to do. And right. you and then you lose the motivation. Yeah. And so that's a that's good advice. So start small, find an audience, find a segment, and know that most of your bold idea is really going to be up to you. Now, there's a million ideas sitting out there. Mm-hmm. How important is it to you to to pursue your bold idea? Right. And it doesn't matter if there's a million ideas out there because you'll find that there are going to be people like Terry who will advocate for you, help you get through all the daunting minefields of getting your idea out there. And if there's any inspiration we want to leave with you is that if your idea is God's idea for you, it doesn't matter what the minefield looks like. Mm -hmm. You will have the resources you need. You just need to commit to act on it. Amen. I got nothing to add to that. Drop the mic. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to remind you to visit our show notes at 
boldideapodcast.com slash six. And there you're going to get the link to Terry's free ebook. You're going to get the link to Terry's website. And you're going to see the little place at the very bottom of that page where you can provide a comment and let us know what you think about the show. Of course, we love your reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Go to boldideapodcast.com slash review and help us out there. So thanks again for listening. This is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. Saying so long. You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com. Podcast.com.